This is the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast with Trevor Monaghan and Clive Jones. In this series, we will make fun of each other and share some of our self proclaimed wisdom about understanding what your business is worth now, how to make it worth more, and how to get it ready for sale. Welcome back to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. I'm Trevor Monaghan, Chartered Accountant, Business Valuer. And this is Clive Jones, business and executive coach. So welcome back um, to our loyal subscribers and people that might have found us for the first time. Uh, for those that it is the first time, this is a podcast where Clive and I are basically sharing a frustration more than anything else about the way people typically go about selling their business when they use the bread and butter vanilla approach of um, hand the keys to a broker and list it on a website. Well, what do I do? Yeah, where do I go? Yeah. What should I sell it for? What do I need to do? It's a lot of questions and no real guidance out there. And as, as a chartered accountant and some business value, I'm getting asked these questions pretty regularly. So we're basically creating this as a resource for people that uh, we, we talk to anyway. And, and you know we don't necessarily charge that advice. So if we're not going to charge it, we'd, we'd prefer to do it in a leverage way. And here we go on a podcast. So to give you context to today's session, we're going through an information memorandum document. That's it, yeah. And what we're talking about um, is uh, the second section of that document really is the um, a bit of background. Um, you need to highlight to prospective buyers where the businesses come from and what your uh, vision for it was or is as, a, as the current owner of the business. So remember from previous episodes, you can't just go and say to somebody, I want you to look at buying my business. You have to hand them something and call it a pitch document or a business profile or information memorandum, all the same thing. And what we're talking about here is how do we construct the different parts of this document so that when the buyer or the potential buyer gets this document, they're learning something they didn't know. And obviously it's, it's not, there's no lies in it, but it's actually you know trying to convince this person that the truth is actually pretty good, and this business is worth something. But you know, often you hear people say like, "If only the buyer knew the truth." Well, tell them the truth. You know, but if you don't think the buyer's getting, your why, would, situation, why would you, why would you want to tell them the truth, Trevor? Because at the end of the day, people have this naive idea that you know if you can lie your way through and you know, trick somebody into buying a business, um, then you know that's that's a worthwhile pursuit where you can win and. A bit like you do down the yeah the market store with a uh, cheap perfume. The problem yeah the problem with the cheap perfume is the, the there aren't teams of teams doing due diligence on the perfume, uh, and you know you see it time and time again where you know someone's really good at sales or something and they've been able to sell this business maybe it's a broker with you know shiny teeth and shiny shoes he's he's been really good at convincing somebody against their will to buy this business, and they've done a handshake deal possibly a deposit's been paid. And then the buyer goes into you know, their accountant or their solicitor, uh, requests them to have a look at the business. And through that process there, someone actually looks closely at the business. So even if the buyer's not gonna look closely, if it's a decent, decent price we're asking for, somebody's gonna look closely on behalf of the buyer. It's a, the valuer, a general accountant, or, or a solicitor. Or somebody who's uh, lending money. Or, or the bank might wanna have a, have a look if the, if the business is being used as security. Um, although in this day and age, a lot of the security is just residential mortgage, so the bank doesn't care too much. But the, the reality is that someone's going to come through with a very detailed questionnaire and look for things like, have there been any injuries in the business? You know, have there been any um, unsettled claims? Has there been any litigation? All that kind of stuff. Now, if that 
you know, is part of the history of the business. Now, you, the thing is you can't expect the other party to be naive to never find that out. If you don't say anything about it, and even when pushed in the early days, you know, if you're asked these kind of questions whether these things exist and you say no, when they eventually find out, and they will, you're going to be punished. And you're going to be punished by the buyer's probably going to walk away and everything you've spent up to that point with a business broker, with an accountant, with all your advisors, that's just going to be a total waste. And so what we're suggesting, the other way to go about it is, you know, share some, you know, you always be careful. We're not saying share everything, but share some, some limited information about the history of the business so that you get an opportunity to talk about um, how that's been mitigated since or build that into the story of the business because at the end of the day, people want to buy into a story. But also the fact that if you're... Um putting a few sort of warts out there on the table for them to, to digest, then they're going to be thinking that you've been totally honest and you know, laying, laying your cards on the table, so to speak. That's right, because trust is a big thing in these things. But, you know, they, we've, we talk about it all the time and we will talk about risk again later on, but, you know, you want to put the risks on the table so that they don't have to assume any risks. They want you want them to to think that the risk you'll put on the table, they trust you enough that they are the only risks, and then you're having an intelligent conversation with somebody about mitigation and elimination, rather than the buyer thinking, "I wonder what can go wrong here." It all seems too good to be true. What's, what's he hiding? Because no business is perfect. No business is anywhere near perfect. And if you if you provide a pitch to a potential buyer, and the pitch is along the lines of, "There's nothing bad here. It's all great," um, you know, buyers understand that that's a lie full stop so you know you, you've, you've lost trust straight away okay so you know like with everything we say this is not specific advice because we don't know your situation but and, and, and just another thing on that Trevor is you know if, if you've actually put a price against this business the valuation with all of these things as known facts included in that price then they're less likely to be trying to use those things as discounting leverage against you later down the track Yep, I agree. You come when you're pitching a price, and your pricing is a whole different thing, whole different conversation. But yeah, you don't want to be giving them an easy free hit to reduce that price. So, like you say, if you if you're coming in and you're you're accepting and putting forward these risks, and you're saying that's why the price is the way it is, they can't just make a carte blanche argument that oh, we're going to drop the price because of these risks. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still about negotiation. But your negotiation, your position is stronger. Um, if you've been trustworthy and told the truth all the way through, generally. Because, um, you know, negotiation is about trust. So to the nuts and bolts of it, so this is the second section. The first section was the opportunity section where we were really trying to get the buyer excited about, you know, why this business, why now, why this way. And this section is really the first time we're actually talking specific um, you know, nuts and bolts about the business. We call it the business background and structure. Now, there's, there's, there's the obvious parts of that, which I think we can sort of cover off fairly quickly, Trevor, in the, uh, the actual you know, current business structure as far as the, uh, the business entity, uh, the type of business, ABNs, names of directors, and, and all that sort of thing that can be fairly easily listed out. Yeah, and, and again, it sounds like a no-brainer, but the, amount of, the number of information memorandums I've seen where... You know, what you see is they advertise a business name. It might be so-and-so cafe or uh, Mr. Smith's engineering business. And that's the business name. But nowhere in the document does it actually say anything about an entity, 
uh, whether there's multiple divisions, whether the business is owned across entities, whether there's related party, parties that you know own the building or have key supply contracts. And to value this kind of, you know, any kind of business, you need to understand where, you know, where the, the legal ownership sits. Because, and because you, when you start looking at normalizing earnings, you need to start looking at you know, how you know, related or unrelated parties transactions uh, factor into the, to the real value of the business. And if you're just saying, here's, you know, here's a cafe, here's an engineering business, here's a plumbing business, whatever it is, um, it's impossible to know just on the, on the face of that what's being sold. I think that's really important because some people, you know, it depends on what the buyer's assuming, some people assume they're gonna buy the shares, basically your whole company, some people assume they're just going to buy the goodwill. Some people assume they're just going to buy the stock. You know, you got to really be specific about what do you what do you got, what are you offering? Exactly what it is you're selling. And you know, that, those things can change um, as the deal progresses, where you can sort of, sort of say, oh, I don't want this stock, or I don't want that business name, or you can keep the building, or whatever. But you need to, you know, if you're, it's like saying, and we've done this exercise before. If I, you know, if I say to somebody, is is fifty dollars expensive? And you don't, they don't know what you're talking about. They don't, they don't have any context for that. Well, it's impossible to know whether $50 is expensive. It could be a paperclip or it could be a house. And what we're trying to say here is like if you're going to come to somebody with some kind of suggested listing price or something and you're not going to tell them what you're selling, how the hell can they Put make any judgment about that's whether right. that's reasonable? Mm -hmm. And what do you expect? The thing is you, you can't, you know, it's... People like a bit of certainty up front. You know, they don't know where they go to the next step. If you make it too hard for them, if they've got to think too deeply about and make assumptions about what you're actually selling, they're just going to walk away. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be very unimpressive if I was a business fair and someone says, can you value this thing for me? And they don't even tell me what the thing is. It would give me the shits. And, and that's an extreme example, but you know, that's effectively what you're doing by saying, here's the business or the business name. Um, so yeah, so the nuts and bolts are that kind of stuff. Everything about the current structure and anything that's relevant. This is different for every business, but you think you think about it, if you're the purchaser, um, assume that the you know the, you're coming to this not knowing anything about this business or even anything about the industry. You could just be an investor from a totally unrelated industry. Um, you know, as a purchaser, that's this this investor. What would you need to know about this business so you could move past this section? You know, we've looked at the overview, now we're looking at the background. How do you get them to keep reading? Because at the end of the day, if they stop in any one of these sections, they're probably not going to pursue buying the business. So you, you've got to give them enough to get them excited, enough to feel like you're, you're telling them the full story, you know, and, and enough reason to keep reading on to the next section. Now, the thing that we do a bit different in our information memorandums, uh, which I've never seen before, and I don't know why not, is a section that we call a vision. And, and this all comes back to our, you know, our theory around okay you're not just selling the nuts and bolts of the business you're selling the story and, and that's the same you're selling a pair of jeans you're selling you know business coaching services so sell the sizzle this is where, where's this business going to okay it's for sale i'm, I'm not uh, i don't want to as the uh, current owner i don't want to retain the business i'm looking for a change or whatever my reason is for getting out um but yeah, paint paint the nice picture for where the business should be going to. What what can be achieved with it? What we set out to achieve in the beginning. Yeah, as a buyer, I want to know why you started the business. I want to know what you believe in. I want to know how's that changed. Um, I want to know what you've learnt about 
the business in terms of its positioning the market. I want to I want to know that kind of stuff. I want to know not just what you know how many assets this business has, what are they worth, and how many locations they've got. I want to know the reason behind everything because then I can understand why certain things are being done. For example, if if the business is carrying a lot of debt because it bought, you know, it seems to have a lot of uh, plant equipment. Now, if I look at the business and go, well, it doesn't really, you know, at current level of operations, it doesn't need that much equipment. But if I knew um, through talking to the to the purchase, through the seller or looking at the information memorandum, if I knew that they had a vision for it to be five times the size within two years, if I knew that was part of some kind of plan and I knew why they planned that way, you know, maybe they've identified a market niche or they've identified some massive opportunity. With that context, I don't just look at this business and go, it's a horribly run business with, with overcapitalized over assets. I look at it and go, okay, they're, they're implementing their vision. And so rather than looking at it as a bad thing, I think, I think it's a great thing because they've got a plan. Um, that plan's built around, you know, providing some value to the market. And they're actually implementing that plan by gearing up and having scalability, if that's what they're after in that case. So, you know, again, if you just, if you just got a plant equipment register, and, and you see that all the time, people will, you know, give to a buyer a set of financial statements and a depreciation register and say, give me an offer. Well, how ridiculous is that? Unless your business is making squirrel dollars, and even if it was, you could probably get more, but how ridiculous is that? Um, and we keep talking about it. How much effort do you put in to sell your widget just to your, your average customer mm. if you're... If you're a business coach, how much effort do you put into running a seminar to get new clients? And this is just that one extra little piece of the jigsaw that builds the emotion. And a lot of people forget, you know, you might be sick of us harping on about this, but we won't stop because this is the bit that you've got to, you've got to bring yourself back to because it is so easy to, to start writing an information memorandum. And, and, you know, you don't like talking about yourself, especially in Australia. Uh, we're not generally people that, you know, like sharing stuff about ourselves especially if it's not all perfect um, but you sort of need to get over that you need to sort of open up a little bit I think also Treasurer Trevor, it's easy to um, list out all the nuts and bolts all the assets the numbers and the black and white sort of stuff but like you said earlier it's it's all about the emotion at the end of the day so you have to paint a really strong picture to and get it across the line or to increase the value for it and something to consider as well is is even if you're going to be selling um, just the business name and the goodwill, a bit of equipment, not the whole entity, still consider whether it's worthwhile putting in um, liabilities and things like that. Even if they won't be getting transferred, if you think that the context of those things is going to assist in uh, the buyer understanding how the business has been run. So what I, what I mean by that is if you've got a lot of equipment, um, you know, and a buyer's thinking, well, geez, you know, I don't know how I'm going to fund that. If if you can show that over the past you've been able to be supported by the banks because of the trading, because of the type of equipment and, the, and um, you know, how the banks generally treat that type of equipment as security. If you can show a person that doesn't have a lot of money that there is a way of financing this this kind of business growth through the business, then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shying away from showing liabilities, but I'd be, t- I'd be definitely telling a story in the document about the context of why I put them in there. You don't want people thinking they have to take your liabilities on if that's not what you're selling. Um, but again, it comes back to you know really understanding who who is your purchaser going to be. Um, don't assume they know anything about your business and then trying to tell them the full story so they can go, they can look at everything. There's going to be stuff they love, stuff they hate. 
but they can still make an informed decision and nothing's going to surprise them later. Yeah, that's good, uh, Trevor. The other part of it is, is the actual history of how the business has got to where it is now. You know, key milestones along the, along the way. It might be a, a young business, one or two years old, and you've had some you know, significant growth, some great contracts you've won, all that sort of thing. It could be a you know, 30, 40, 50-year-old business that's... Um, yeah, the owners are now looking for retirement and there's a, a good history to paint the picture of there. And especially, like you talk about milestones, um, there's a lot of stuff that you've done that you've forgotten you've done because it's so old hat now, where maybe your competitors haven't done that yet or, or no one else is aware of it. Um, you know, you've implemented a system, you've... you've and, and you might not even think it's very significant. You know, from from your point of view, you know, you don't, you know, sometimes, you know, you might have got some PR, you might have got a, you know, fantastic customer result, you might have acquired a certain person or an alliance. Awards. Yeah, won some awards. You know, again, this is the type of stuff that it's relevant. If your business, you know, maybe it didn't win an award last year, but if it won an award sort of three years straight, a few years ago, um, I would I would think that's pretty relevant to the document. Now, again, it's you might see that kind of stuff from time to time in an information memorandum that a broker puts together, but you don't see them capitalising in that. You don't you don't see them putting that into context. It might just be a section that says awards with a, with a list of awards. It's all about mm-hmm. saying, well, so what? Well, through those awards, we've got this brand exposure, blah, 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 and this, this has re- resulted in this and that, and really tying it all together so somebody doesn't have to think. They just follow, you know, follow your story and nod all the way through it. So you know, there's more detail on this in our in our information memorandum template. Um, so you know what we have released over the last uh, few weeks and months, we've released a template so that people don't have to make this document from scratch. It's at the moment it's a very cheap template, um, and the whole idea is that it's a fill in the blanks of the kind of stuff that you know, as people that would buy businesses, we would want to see, um, so that we wouldn't have to make any assumptions. Um, and there's instructions in that in that document as well as some associated videos on the site with some examples. Yeah, so we've so far we've had uh, we've had I think it's a bit over twenty people using this document, um, and you know no complaints yet. I don't know about you, Clive. Heard any complaints? Mm, actually, uh, the the other side of that um, was some pretty positive comment uh, coming back to uh, say looking looking out for yeah hearing some more from us. So. Now, to give you an idea, you go to the average business broker, they're going to charge you roughly about $2,500 to list the business. Um, on top of that, you generally got to pay your own advertising and pay them a commission anywhere from 6 to 12% on the sales price. Uh, what we suggest is spend our, our templates around about the $100 mark, give or take, and spend some time really thinking about these issues that we talk about on the podcast and fleshing them out. And even if you do decide to use a broker, uh, which we, we certainly shouldn't be your first way of going about selling a business. But if you if it comes to that, you should be handing them the ammunition in a document like this for them to do their their last little piece of mm-hmm. magic to. Because um, otherwise, what you're going to get, you're going to get a boilerplate that basically, like a house, how many bedrooms it's got, what colour is it, maybe you know what kind of materials it's been constructed with, where none of that stuff is really relevant. It's the stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. Yep. Um, you know, there's a reason we call it sell my business in 10 weeks. It's because, you know, if you put your effort into it and sort of give, you know, get the buyers, yeah, sure, got, got to get some interest. But once you've got that interest, if you can give them 
a document and sort of begin a relationship where you're educating them from the first get-go and they're not asking for more information because it's all there, then you're really going to accelerate the, you know, the transaction process. Um, so I think that's enough for this episode. So anything else to add there, Clive? No, I think you've uh, covered it well. As usual, Trevor, you've done all the talking. So uh, <laughs> I'll, um, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll close off and uh, just mention in the, the next episode when we uh, get back to you, we'll be talking about the target markets and uh, existing client base that the businesses have and um, how to represent that. So uh, don't forget to... Um, Subscribe free on our website, Sell My Business in 10 Weeks. That's with the number 10, uh, not the word. And uh, if you subscribe, you'll uh, receive a free uh, business valuation report and a, a PDF ebook, uh, Nine Clues to Systemizing Your Business. And you'll be kept up to date with all the uh, future podcasts. Okay, until next time. Bye. Sayonara. Thanks for listening to the Sell My Business in 10 Weeks.com podcast. And just remember, the advice is only generally nature. But if you are serious about selling your business, you should check out the resources page of our website where we've got videos and templates to create an awesome pitch document for your business, which you will need if you're selling. And don't forget to subscribe on our website for advanced notification and bonus materials.